Hello, Guardians. Welcome to Tower Casuals, the Destiny podcast. I am your host, Corey Deerigan. Alongside me, as always, is the Oten Toten, Vault Dwelling, Spartan Slaying, Josh Finney. That's right. Corey, it has been a great week. It has been a long week, but it has been a great week. It's been a it's been a week for sure. Uh yeah, man. How 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 are you, Josh? How's how's life treating you? Man, you know, it's it's busy, you know, personal stuff aside, it's it's been crazy. But it's been a really it's been a really fun week also personally. Um a lot of things coming together. Um you know, my vacation is finally completely planned. We're gonna take a day and go to Universal War in Florida, so I'm very excited to go see Harry Potter. Nice. Um, nice. Excited to go do the Fast and the Furious ride too, oh, like God. low key. You, <laughs> dude, you can't go there and not make it about family. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, ra- rolled credits on a few games that I've really been enjoying. Wrapped up Pillars of Eternity too. Uh, downloaded Luminous on Game Pass. Played some Flight Sim, and I have Dodgeball Academia that I'm going to play tonight. It is basically an anime dodgeball RPG hmm. on Game Pass. Very excited for it. But the thing that I love the most this week, before we get into the nitty-gritty destiny of it all, because we have a lot to talk about tonight. We do, but we played something different this weekend, Josh. Halo Infinite. Last week, we were having a crisis because nobody could get into the flight. Uh, if you were on Xbox, you had a problem getting it to download. Mine finally downloaded about one well, o'clock in the morning. Well, let me tell you, Josh. I told you last week that I didn't get in, even get invited. Literally 15 minutes after the show wrapped, I was editing and I checked yeah, my email. Not like, 15 minutes after Corey sends me a message going, I got an email, I got it. <laughs> I'm like, well, get in line because none of us can play. <laughs> so I like went through it. I and, sat like, in a party for about four hours, constantly refreshing and finally just called it and went to bed. As soon as I got in bed, my buddy texts me and goes, dude, servers are fixed. Get on. And I'm like, nope, I'm going to bed. I will. <laughs> In the morning see you in the morning yeah i uh i was i downloaded it like the that morning before I, mm-hmm. before i went to work actually friday morning and like so it would be ready and i got home and I'm, it's like it looks like this application needs an update and it wouldn't update yeah. i was like oh my gosh no so i restarted my xbox and it updated right like it, it just took forever to update and uh i got on friday night was it friday night that i played with you and joe or was that saturday night Oh, uh, it was one of those I nights. I want to say it was Friday. I think I it, was, say it was Friday. Night. Yeah, it was Friday night, and so we played for what about an hour? I think all three of us. Yeah. And then uh, mm-hmm. you went and finished Pillars. Joe went to bed because I think he had a long work weekend, and uh, I played some played some Destiny afterwards. But man, Halo! It was so weird playing Halo and being excited to play Halo. Halo Infinite. The best way I can describe it feels like the love child of halo three and four the mm-hmm. way that it controls and the way it feels yeah um yeah that's what, I, that's what joe and i said before you got on was like this yeah. really feels like this really feels like halo three but with some of the quality of life changes that halo this is, four this made is the natural evolution of the bungee games in my opinion mm-hmm. yeah and if i you... think that's why like the three of us specifically like it so much like joe and i really like halo five but I don't like Halo 5 at the same time because I think the thrusters are fucking bullshit. I hate that everyone has thrusters. What, you mean like the boost? Like the dodge? Like the where you press B yes. to boost? Like, I like that. I miss I that. I fucking hate that. 
I miss it. Like I, I hate that. It's like a goddamn Titan charge, and I hate it. Oh, I think that's why I like it because <laughs> it but feels like we that's... have we have listener questions about Halo, well, Corey. I do. I did. I did find myself pressing the jump button more than once every time. <laughs> Because of I Destiny. definitely thought I could double jump, and yeah. imagine my shock when I learned I could not jump. I could not tap B to reload. It was bad. It was real bad. Yeah, but we have listener questions from my buddy Aaron. That's crazy that we have Halo questions. <laughs> like Roll Tide just... underscore twenty five over on Twitter. My buddy Aaron, he loves the Chicago Bears. Go Chicago. Mm-hmm. Anything you guys can tell me about Halo, how does it feel? Based off the limited time you had with it, does it feel like good quality Halo again or something completely different? Aaron, I am here to tell you, Halo is back on the menu, baby. Halo is back. Mark my words. I said this over the weekend. If they nail the campaign, that's a real big if right now. Mm-hmm. If they nail this campaign, this game is in the game of the year conversation. Now, let me ask you this, Josh. Maybe if if say they don't nail the campaign, but since multiplayer is free, do you still think the multiplayer is good enough to stand on its own? Yes, I think the multiplayer the multiplayer handling as well as it did proved to me that free to play was the right decision for this game. I think that's going to give it an infinitely longer lifespan. Ha, they had to do there. something to compete with Call of Duty and Battlefield. Mm-hmm. And then when you have games of the quality of Apex and I mean maybe not quality, but you have games like Warzone that are yeah. free downloads. Even the popularity of Fortnite at this point. Right. Know. I mean, the, the popularity of Battle Royales. I mean, no Ariana Grande skin in my Halo uh, yet, guys. Uh, no, not yet. <laughs> uh, if anything, give me a Marcus Phoenix skin. Um, I mean, they I, could do that, though, with a Battle Pass, right? You could put like could. Do, you could put like Doom Guy in there or or BJ Blazkowicz in there, right? I, like, do, I do not. I want to be really clear. I don't want that. But it is possible to do now. Yeah. Um, I think saving the saving those characters for like a killer instinct style game is a much better use of the IP. Um, and I think that keeps it from being, you know, from like LOL Halo. Um, this game though, I think you had you had to do something drastic to keep it in the conversation. Most of us who played Halo have moved on now. Like I play Destiny, which is an infinitely faster paced game than Halo ever was. You think um, you think Destiny? Well, okay, never mind. Continue. I think Destiny 2 specifically is an infinitely faster paced game than Halo ever was. Yes. What about even like Halo 5 and Halo Infinite? You think it is? Yes. I think Halo Halo 5, I think, attempted to bridge that gap, but did it in the wrong. I think it did it in the wrong way by giving everybody thrusters. Infinite with built in sprint feels like the natural evolution of what three should be. It feels like it can compete the slide is great. The slide feels really good to me. Mm-hmm. feels like it maybe needs to be just a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. But I think the slide mechanics feel good. I think the weapon, the weapons feel incredible. Whether you're trying them out in the firing range or you're trying them out on the maps, the felt good. It, I like um, I like that they all feel distinct, right? And I, uh, I there were there were bots teabagging, man. I know. No, I I. So when I was playing, I found myself switching out my assault rifle more than my than my pistol, right? Because I really liked how the pistol felt. The and pistol I, feels great. And I also, like, this game really encourages you, like, when you're in a firefight, kind of mm. not to reload, but to switch to your secondary weapon. Yep. Which is, like, yep. I know that's kind of like a thing in, in uh, like, Call of Duty and stuff, but it's not really something that at least... I maybe I'm just playing Destiny wrong, but it's not really something that I do in Destiny a lot in PvP, no. right? Like, 
uh, reload. I, I do, but when I reload, it's because I have uh, I have the dodge reload. So I double tap B real fast to dive behind cover. I'm reloaded. I come out and keep shooting. Yeah. Um, even though I've been told a million times, you shouldn't have that on a PvP. Like, uh, well, it works for me, so I'm going to keep using it. <laughs> um, a infinite feels really good. I do think they probably need to do a server stress test, though. Yeah. Before the end of all this, I think they need to do they and uh, sketch over on Twitter kind of indicated that they're looking at doing at least one more flight before the game launches. Yeah. Um, I've been seeing that they might do two or maybe <sighs> maybe that sec- that last one will be like an open beta type. And I got to think that the second one is going to go on for a full week and it'll be closed for like the first half and then they'll open it up with like big team battle and team slayer mm-hmm. in the back half. Um. I can't possibly imagine them not doing another flight. This is from a build that was pre-E3. This is a build that was from April or May, I believe. Uh-huh. Uh, it was like two, three months old. And it felt good. I mean, like they said, there were some issues, and there were a couple issues. We ran into one in particular where you and uh, you and Joe loaded into a match. I did not load into that match, though. I was left on the menu screen and thought we were just taking forever. Yeah, and I I think the last match that we played, I got kicked in my yes. game. My game froze and just went to yeah. a black screen. Uh, so I think yeah. overall, though, I didn't hear a whole lot of issues with the flight. Um, Joe was telling me the other day he one of the tickets he submitted during it. Uh, one of the issues he had, he got a direct response from three four three like maybe twenty four forty eight hours after, and they were like, "Yeah, we're already aware of this. We've already we've already got a bug fix ready to go, ready to roll out for it for the next flight. It's already fixed in the build that we have now." Oh wow! And that hearing things like that is very comforting to me. The fact that they that like direct responded to him, you know, that was right. that's that's good. News. It was very cool. I'm still waiting to hear back on my support ticket. Um, I did do my survey, um, you know, gave him as much detail as I got. The firing range feels incredible. Mm-hmm. The weapon drills are great. Um, I really like the different levels of bots. Like, I, I like to play multiplayer, but I don't always want to play in a lobby with people. Sometimes you just want to get some friends together and go shoot some bots. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I can have a really good time playing against... The Spartan bots are ruthless. It's oh like gosh, you're playing dude. against actual players. It's ridiculous. But the ODST ones presented a it presented enough of a challenge to where it was still fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... And, I mean, keep in mind, very mediocre Halo player here. Yeah. Uh, I still had a really good time against those bots. Had a great time jumping in Team Slayer very briefly. Uh, it just it feels great. Um, yeah, four v four is a little weird to go back to after I've done six on six in so many games for so long. Right. Um, and I kind of wish it was default six on six, but these maps just feel so good being four v four. I really liked the what was the one that we were inside uh, on the on that uh, first night, the one where we were inside with the multiple levels. Yes, that map, I don't remember what the name of it is, but that map feels like an instant classic. Yeah, that, that feels like it's going to be an instant fan favorite. Yeah, it felt it felt really good. It felt like something like... Uh, felt like it was out of Titanfall. Yeah, that, but it also felt like if something like, like Lockout was inside. Yep. Uh, that's exactly uh, what I it felt I got strong like. midship vibes from Yeah, me. midship vibes also. Yeah, it, it felt really good. Uh, I would say midship and pit were the two I really felt like it evoked. It was kind of like a love child between those two. But, but Halo is back, guys. Yeah. Halo multiplayer, at least, is. Uh, it seems like people are way more interested in this than they ever were in 5. Yeah, I've seen way um, more people talking. And I know like some, some people we know 
like said that it seemed like people were quiet about Halo, but I, I everybody that we follow and talk to like seems to be really, really, really high on Halo. And it wasn't even like just in Xbox circles. Like I saw a lot of people who don't normally play FPS is talking about, man, this game feels good. It feels fun. I don't know if I'll play it long term, but I'm at least going to play it for several weeks when it comes out. And I mean, Halo has always had a very like dedicated, tight knit community. Like, I mean, five has survived for how many years? Right. You know, lowish player counts even when master chief collection got fixed like those you basically have divided they divided the halo camp into people who want to play mcc and those who want to play five mm-hmm. um this feels like it's kind of the best of both worlds for fans mm-hmm. i'm really excited uh i certainly will be playing a lot of multiplayer a lot mm-hmm. of big team battle very excited to see the return of griff ball eventually i want to see i want to see big team battle i want to see how the vehicles handle i want to see if they add any new vehicles right i know they have that one kind of weird warthog that you can store weapons on the back of now uh they've got that i mean it's a halo you know you know there's going to be some new vehicles in it um so i imagine they probably want to keep those Mm -hmm. secret for a while yeah um man again like very very excited um there was a lot of there. Were, there was a huge data mine that happened out of the Steam version of the beta. You know, we're not going to talk about it, obviously. Um, except there is one line that was very curious to me from the announcer that was found, mm-hmm. um, and it was him saying "Battle Royale," mm-hmm. which if they launch this game after swearing, and I mean, I to my knowledge, three four three has never openly acknowledge that there is no battle royale in this game but basically after saying like well it's a free to play multiplayer they kind of did remember when they when they asked when somebody asked them if halo was going to have a battle royale and they said the only br in our game is the battle rifle i i think they're i think they're going to walk it back i think they saw the success of warzone last year and went Mm -hmm. shit and -hmm. then i think the year delay i truly like man conspiracy josh is coming out put up put on your spin foil hats friends uh, when the game got delayed, the rumor we had heard last summer was that multiplayer was completely ready to go. It mm-hmm. was it was in bug fixing. They debated about, from what we know, the internal discussion after the disastrous showing of the campaign was, <laughs> do we release multiplayer now, this fall, and then the campaign next year? And they decided they didn't want to split the package up. Mm-hmm. I almost wonder... If Battle Royale had been ready at that time, if they would have dropped it then, but I don't think it was anywhere near ready. Mm-hmm. I think that mode is what they've largely been working on this year and polishing polishing the campaign up. Mm-hmm. I think that they're going to launch the game and it's going to be it's either going to be boom surprise, it's here. We didn't talk about it beforehand. It's in the game, mm-hmm. or it's going to be the big thing that they release next summer, which mm-hmm. I could also see as the first big content expansion. Yeah, I bet. I bet it's something that they drop later. Um, I think they're going to drop it once the hype of Call of Duty and Battlefield kind of dies down next summer, and, and Halo to an extent dies down next summer. They're going to be like, ah, surprise! Yeah, it's back, and then like hold on to like Warzone or firefight and like the year after be like ah firefights back you guys love firefight here you go yeah uh plus they're doing that seasonal kind of like what they did in halo 4 right that spartan ops thing sort oh, of like those God. co-op missions but yeah hopefully more fleshed out than i mean it was a cool idea but it just was bad cool idea bad execution yeah uh but cory we have a lot of destiny to talk we about. Do, uh, we do a lot. We need to get to it. <laughs> speaking of speaking of PvP, dude, I could talk about Halo all night. Maybe maybe one. I could too. Maybe maybe if there's a second flight, we'll do like a one-off special episode of just Halo talk. Uh, 
and bringing Colonel Panic to talk to. We're, we're gonna we're gonna have to do we're gonna have to do Spartan Slayers at some point. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely happening in November, but uh, we're we're gonna have to we're gonna have to do it at some point. Mm-hmm. But guys, the the twad this week is ex- it's very meaty, and that's gonna be the bulk of the episode because we are in the weeks leading up to not only a season but a new game reveal as well. Uh, the major Witch Queen reveal is happening on the twenty fourth. Uh, you guys will be able to catch a special episode on the feed uh, probably about an hour after that event happens. Uh, I'm going to record some reactions literally as soon as the live stream ends. I'm going to record some reactions. And we're going to get it up as quick as possible mm-hmm. and see if uh, our friend of the show, requested guest, A1 Johnny, will join us. He's uh, he's going to have a day off work that day. Um, but yesterday, uh, so on Wednesday morning, uh, August 4th, Joe Blackburn, assistant uh, franchise director, took to Twitter to talk about some stuff ahead of the showcase on the 24th, specifically about the future of PvP in the game. Dude, when you sent me this Twitter thread, I was like, like you're like, man, look at this. You're just like, hold on, let me see. Let me see if I can find the exact tweet because I kind of chuckled a little bit when you sent it to me. Uh I'll let you guess how long it took for this to become... Oh, no, that's not it. That's not it. Uh, the internet is not going to take this well. And then you sent me that tweet. <laughs> yeah, Twitter and I thread. was like, oh, God, people are so mad right now. I guess we know what the show is tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, To just to, to put it lightly... The community is extremely divided on what we're going to read next. Uh, I want to read it all and I want to present it all. And then we'll kind of give our take on this because we've talked about some of the things addressed here at length before. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so let, let's. I, I want to read Joe's word, Joe Blackburn's words. We'll take it apart tweet by tweet before we just get into the nitty gritty of it all. Right. Um. Ahead of the showcase this month, I want to take some time to talk about Destiny PvP. Competitive modes are part of what make this game special. I can't imagine a version of Destiny 2 that does not involve getting a sweet new gun and taking it for a spin in the Crucible. Agree. 100% agree. Mm-hmm. That is a talk that A1 Johnny and I have a lot. Nerd Generals, Colonel Panic, myself, like, we all talk about this. Like, we get some loot and we're like, shit, I can't wait to see how this tears up in the next Iron Banner. Or, oh my god, this role's gonna kill it in Trials. Right. Like, those are conversations we have regularly. So agree here, Joe. We're on the same page. Three tweets in. We're, we're, we're on the same – or excuse me, two tweets in. Same page. This year, the team has spent a lot of our future-facing effort on plussing up the current Crucible experience. You've seen this already, some of this already in stasis balancing, rep updates, and shifting weapon metas. Next season, you'll continue to see this effort with not only changes to three-peaking, but also what the team has been playing for the revamp of Trials. Again, this is stuff we already knew about. Mm-hmm. This is these are things we knew about. We knew the trials revamp was going to be talked about. I thought it would be addressed in a twab before the twenty fourth. It is clearly an extensive enough overhaul that they want to save it for that event. Right. Okay, but now I think this is where the unrealistic expectations begin. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about it for several episodes. That's been a big theme this year. Is we've all us our guests we've all hammered trials needs to be a better experience. And Bungie acknowledged that way back in February mm-hmm. with their roadmap to the witch queen we're going to see what form this takes we suspect that there will be some sort of solo queue or matchmaking for trials like maybe you don't have to go with a dedicated fire team that would enable a lot of randos to be in there you probably have a better chance at advancing if you have a dedicated team 
Uh, Freelance, very similar to Iron Banner in that regard. Uh, I think that speaks for itself. And I've talked about a determination passage that I'd like to see. Maybe keep, you don't lose your coins at the end of the week, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, We have to keep our foot on the gas when it comes to revitalizing PvP pursuits and keeping gameplay meta fresh. This isn't something we'll ever be done with, but we also know we have room to grow when it comes to new maps and modes. Agreed. The first half of 2021, we've been working on the foundation, but now we're spinning up teams on new maps and modes. We believe in the investment, but it's going to take some time before you start seeing results in game. Uh Uh-oh. That's the (laughs) first time when I went, uh uh-oh. Yeah was hearing that that it's going to take some time and i mean we know this we know how game dev works i know that's still not anything you ever want to read here's the thing though they say it's going to take some time and i get that but how long has it been since pvp has really been right you know like it feels like with with how big bungie is and how long pvp's kind of been I don't want to say ignored, but their focus has definitely oh, been you know, like what like that time. There's been time, you know, like I, I, I just feel like I, I have a personal theory on this. OK, I want to hear it. I was thinking about the other day and because uh, I completely agree with what you're saying, because that that's my initial thought, too, is this is information that while I'm, I really appreciate what this thread is going to go into, I like the candor, I like the the blunt honesty of it. These are things we should have been told back in February, if not last fall, leading into Beyond Light. I feel like at a certain point last year, and I truly think that it came after Season of the Worthy, when Bungie saw the reception of how much we all hated it, Luke Smith has said that they basically sat there and crossed their fingers and prayed to God that we liked Umbral Ingrams and that we liked the event in Arrivals. Otherwise, they had no idea what to do because they had that already planned out before the disastrous reception of last spring. They knew about the PvP complaints because we were told PvP was going to get a dedicated roadmap. We were going to overhaul the PvP experience for Beyond Light, blah, blah, blah. I think they basically were faced with a choice. Do we fix Seasons? And the storytelling aspects of the game, you know, do we build missions like Presage and uh, like the Hawkmoon quest? Do we do these or do we build a whole bunch of maps? Because we're going to get into the nitty gritty here in just a few tweets of the technical challenge of it's not as simple as leaving all those maps in game. And these are things that should have been communicated to the community long ago so that we didn't have these expectations because they're there you know everybody has these you know running jokes of it's been 580 days since the last new crucible map Mm -hmm. and that's true we have not gotten any new maps no brand new maps came with shadow keep with we got reprise destiny one maps in shadow keep yeah or beyond light i don't really count like reprise maps right like i mean either Cauldron coming back, Exodus Blue coming back are not new maps. That is stuff you imported from Destiny 1. And that's all good and great. We like several of the maps that have been brought over, but those are also maps that we played for three years in that game, and now we're having to play for another three or four years. If I get the fucking Shores of Time map ever again, I'm going to scream. Dude, I get Shores, of, so I get shores of, of Time all the time. All plus, the time. Plus, what's what's the map where, like, when you're playing... Uh, 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 fuck control and you like A and B are like it are like they have that big circle like vex uh plate around the the A and C and then B is kind of like out in the middle with this cluster fucking with a broken column in the middle and there's a bridge to the 
with the waterfall and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget which that one map. that is. That one's been in there for a hot minute, too. Yeah, like, I get that. Those two. I get the same three or four maps all the time. Yeah, that's that it's was my point. Sorry, I didn't mean to, like, No, no, it's, it's, good. it's good. I, I want to continue on with this because a lot of these things that we're saying are in direct relevance to what's later in this thread. Mm-hmm. Um, the ultimate goal is consistency. If you play BVP, the team wants you to understand you'll be getting new maps and modes every year, and the cadence of those things coming out feels predictable. Good. That should have been happening. Mm-hmm. This is not a thing that should have ever slowed up. But in order to get predictable, we need to open the faucet again. New maps take time to get right, so to open the faucet for Season 16, the team is working on porting two vaulted Destiny 2 maps to be compatible with our engine updates. When we upgraded the engine with Beyond Light, it meant we had to hand port all of our maps and modes. So while it may seem from the outside work, we're just pushing a button. There's a significant lift from the team to get more of this content back in rotation. This is the specific chunk these last couple of tweets is exactly what we should have been told last summer this should have been this should have been they should have been telling us before beyond light even came out like that's what i'm saying okay, last summer like, when we got the vidoc yeah when we what, got the initial reveal for beyond mm-hmm. light this information we talk they talk about the future of the franchise they announced the lightfall and the witch queen they should have told us all of this too when they talked about the content vault because then i think we would have had a more manageable expectation than oh we just vaulted maps that don't fit with the storyline really because i still get maps on mercury right i still get fucking gambit maps on mars right and on titan right but you took out the two that are for destinations that are still in the game right like even this if is you a did, good you, explanation even i if, appreciate this even if you didn't want to like take away from that vidoc and the excitement about you know which queen and the future expansions and like how destiny is going to keep going or whatever you could have done a separate vidoc of like hey we understand some content is going away. Here is is the technical reason, right? It's like so. I think this also, in a way, answers the question of why did we have to delay Beyond Light? I yeah. think now this kind of answers that question. Yeah, they weren't going to be able to get things ported in time, and that's okay. I want to be completely clear. This is all okay information, right? It, here. It's great information. information. We should have had yeah. a year ago. It's great information. I like seeing information like this. But like you said, yes. this this is stuff we should have had last summer when they decided to like. Even if they decided to when they decided to delay Beyond Light, this is the the conversation that they should have been having with us last summer. Right. So I, I want to continue on here. Mm-hmm. After reprise maps in Season 16, Season 17 will come with a brand new map. A bunch of new environments in D2. We're excited to start bringing them into the Crucible. <sighs> a new map? A new map. Keep in mind that since we got a new Crucible map, we have had new environments in the moon, mm-hmm. Europa, the Cosmodrome, and now whatever we get this season, I'm sure there's going to be, or this next uh, year, I think we're getting two destinations. I think it's going to be the Dreadnought and Old Chicago. Mm-hmm. You have those. You have the Vex Network. You have the Prophecy Area. You have so much right now that you could do. Hell, yeah. even some of these battlegrounds that we do for the Cabal, some of the Wrathborn Hunt areas could be used. The Ascendant Plane, there are so many different areas that could be used for these maps. That you just refuse to do time and time again. So one new map, one new map, and it will not even be there at the launch of the, assuming that the 16th season is not before the launch of the Witch Queen, we will not have a new map at the launch of Witch Queen. Mm-hmm. That is, that is unacceptable. That's, that's so crazy to me that like you're launching, you'll launch yeah. an expansion without a new map. And like, it's going to be the third expansion in a row. Yeah. Like, 
Yeah. That's. Yeah. Continuing on. After those three maps are added to the rotation in 16 and 17, we'll be remastering a D1 map and bringing D2 for the first time in Season 18. All of this effort is going to be done in parallel with the team looking to fund the far future with a predictable roadmap of maps in Lightfall and beyond. Maps are just part of the recipe here. We know we need to support modes. There, And before we get into that, I, I want to just kind of leaving the maps discussion behind. I understand that it is not as easy to just build a map as we may think. I understand that. I truly do. But... And in an era from work from home, okay, fine. I'm willing to excuse it a little bit here. What I'm not willing to excuse is the fact that Shadowkeep launched without new maps. I'm not willing to excuse the fact that Beyond Light launched without new maps. Even one or two maps would have been a big help. And if this is the reason you couldn't do it because you needed the port, that is okay. If we would have had this explanation, I think a lot of us would have – we would have given you some room, but we still asking these questions right about now okay, it's been a year, where are, where are some more maps? Even if it's just maps that were on hiatus before, like you had maps that you took out of the rotation before Beyond Light. Where are those maps? Those should have been first in line to be brought back. And I think those are questions we need to be asking. So most of the maps I get are D1 maps at this point. I am tired of these maps. I got tired of them in Destiny 1. I'm tired of them now. Widow's Court is another one. Like I get that mm -hmm. all the time. Dude, Widow's Court so is tired so annoying. Tired of Anomaly. I'm tired of Cauldron. Like these are maps I didn't even like in Destiny One, and I'm getting them all the time in D2. It is it meant just immensely frustrating. I mean, Prison of Elders. There's another. There's another place you could do a map at easily. Yeah, but, I mean the map's already there. Like you could just put the the big battlefield out there, and you could just. I know. I know. It, it's it's one thing after another, and then so three main efforts going on behind the scenes here. In terms of modes. First, the team is investigating getting Rift into Destiny 2 next year. It's been too long since we dunked on some Guardians, and the sandbox is sped up, so right now we're validating that the mode still holds up with our new gameplay. Good. Don't launch something super broken. I think Trials has made them very gun-shy. It is very clear to me now, Trials was meant to carry PvP well into Beyond Light, and they were hoping nobody would complain. Trials was so broken, though, and has continued to be super broken, that that has backfired spectacularly. Had Trials gone off without a hitch, I think we would have all been a lot more understanding. Mm -hmm. I think at least, the, I don't want to say like the casual players would have been, but I think the hardcore, I like to play three-on-three, -three, sweaty, I'm trying to get to the lighthouse every weekend, flawless, unbroken guys that you see complaining on Twitter and on Reddit would have been largely happier. Yeah. Um, it, it does feel at the end of the day like this was a business decision that was made. They chose to prioritize PvE over PvP, and I'm telling you 10 out of 10 times that's a choice that I would make if I was in charge of the game. But you also can't neglect PvP for this long. If we would have had like a lesser season or something, I think a lot of us would have been understanding like, hey, we pulled almost every off. Like, we're still going to give you a story, but we had to do something about Crucible and Gambit this coming season. We had to divert so many people there to help us build environments and build maps. I think most, even porting over old maps, I think we all would have understood that. Yeah. I can only hope that this is them underselling it dramatically and there are really more maps they're ready to throw back into rotation. Yeah. I can only hope and pray, but I don't think that's the case, unfortunately. Yeah. The team is working on multiple brand new modes for 2022. We aren't ready to spoil these yet, but we're excited to offer new twists and rules to the way you can make Shaxx proud. Good. We all want new map new modes. I'm tired of the same couple of modes. Momentum control was a very pleasant surprise in Shadowkeep. Mm-hmm. Love momentum control. I love breakthrough. Breakthrough's currently not in the game. I'm ready for that to come back. I think the rotational modes largely are great. I think they're a lot of fun. With the exception of Team Scorched, I think they're a lot of fun. 
Yeah. I want a trace rifles only mode is what I want. Mm. I, I want some fun. I want some fun, creative modes in yeah. this. Even in if this they're weapons game. that nobody has, right? Like, I mean, or like only a few people have, like, just give them to them. Like, like you said, right. trace, like a trace rifle mode where like everybody gets, you know, two trace rifles or whatever and just, just go to town. Like, that'd be hilarious. Mm-hmm. It'd be awesome. Um, after the death cells on the trials update in season 15, we want to look ahead at what other broad systemic improvements in the PVP ecosystem uh, and what it needs. We want to provide something on the scale of this trials rework to players every year. Good. Again, these are things that should be happening. We can take this to mean the next large scale thing they are doing is Iron Banner. They have said repeatedly after trials is fixed, we're tackling Iron Banner next. I hope it does not take them another year from the time we are having this conversation to fix Iron Banner. Yeah, that needs to be a change that is pushed out. I'm going to say the season after which Queen launches, which is May of next year. Uh-huh. By the beginning of next summer, you need to have that. That is almost a full year from now. You have nine months. I don't know if that's enough time. I'm not going to pretend to know the semantics of what's behind this, but you have got to have that ready to go because it, it's worth knowing the trials update goes live in three weeks. You need to focus on Iron Banner out there. If Trials is still not fixed, you need to just take it out of the game for a while, and you have to tackle Iron Banner next. That is what the vast majority of your player base plays, because there are weapons that are tied to it that are worth getting. That is an easy way to get high stat armor, to get your pinnacles. We do not like suffering through Iron Banner. You need to make that more enjoyable for people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to close out, he's got three final tweets here and just kind of summing everything up. Tweet thread turned into a novel, but I wanted to make sure we shed light on what's going on behind the scenes here. We're still very interested in growing the amount of Destiny we make every year, which is good. That means they want to increase the content output, which we took by them saying 50% of our people that work at Bungie have never set foot in the studio before. Yeah. And to be, I do think being out of the studio has severely hindered them. Yeah. I do think it's a lot harder to design maps and stuff, but when you're doing things like Presage, you're doing things like uh, the Expunge missions, you're doing things like Overrides, or even like the seasonal, ghost- even the seasonal storylines and the missions and right. stuff, like e- well, even like, that stuff is like you created a whole ass strike from home, in Proving Grounds. You, like you, you poured it over a Vault of Glass. You finished up Deepstone Crypt. Like these are things you can do these things, and it may take a little bit more time. But if you just tell us that things are coming, we're okay with pulling back in another. We're okay with you pulling back in another area if it means that we're all going to have a better experience going forward. And you know, he says, you know, one way to hold me accountable is by joining Bungie. Blah 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 blah. We know you want more destiny. We are committed to growing the team that is going to make that possible. It is always risky to talk about what's in the. Dates and specifics may change, but it's been a while since we talked PvP. We want players to know we're working on content for those Guardians who like to spend time with Shacks. This is good. I I, I, enjoy, I enjoyed this tweet thread, but again, like we said, this is... And I don't want to say this is too little too late. I just think it's very, very late. I think better late than never, but at a certain point, you have to stop excusing Bungie. Yeah. This is something for a company that made its name on multiplayer... It's really disheartening to see. I do think that they are in a unique position of trying to balance weapons for PvE and PvP. It feels like if there was no PvP, we'd have like we wouldn't be getting things nerfed in PvE all the time. Our abilities would just run wild. Mm-hmm. It would be a lot of fun. Um, and I'm sure that a lot of the PvP PvP people feel the exact same way. Mm-hmm. This is a game that, as much as it pains me to say, this is a this is a PvE game first and foremost. 
This is never it has never been about competitive. It's never been about crucible as much as we may pretend it is or as much as we may enjoy that mode. I like playing crucible a lot with my friends. I like playing Gambit with my friends, but that's not what the game is about. Ultimately, that is and it feels and I think a lot of PVPers feel like those are tacked on modes now. And it's hard not to empathize with them when you see things like this, like this is communication that should have happened. I mean, maybe part of the reason we're getting this now is because this is a change in leadership. That change in leadership happened earlier this year. Joe took over as assistant game director for Luke Smith back in February. That's when the change happened officially to us. This is something you should have communicated then, though. Yeah. I don't know if things were just going on behind the scenes. You know, maybe they had a lot of people quit. I don't I don't know. I, I don't want to sit here and speculate or right. Just, or maybe know. they were making like the transition and they wanted to make yeah. sure they were focusing on like, yeah. okay, we have this expansion. PVP works. It's not broken. Like right. maybe we have this whole slate of content. Maybe they, it was like it, all hands on deck for PVE stuff. Right. Like, let, let's not deny it. Seasons had to be fixed. Mm-hmm. Like this game was in danger before arrivals. Yeah. We are, they are lucky that arrivals hit it out of the park. Dude, arrivals because, is as so we saw, good. Hunt wasn't that great. Narratively, it was great, but the the event itself was not good. And then I think they've really killed it narratively and with the events mm-hmm. with both Chosen and Splicer. Yeah. Well, I mean, the narrative in, in Season of the Hunt was good. It's just like that. It's fantastic. Like the, the just the garbage. Event. Yeah. Yeah. It just. Mm. <laughs> and it's, you know, you look at that and I feel like it came down to, okay, we need all hands on deck to you're going to drop what you're working on. We're going to port what we can over we're going to take like the most popular maps or the most well-known maps and we're going to start porting them over we're going to bring them in maps that we know work good in 6v6 mm-hmm. ones that work in six on six and in three on three because there are some maps that do not work for six on six right they feel too small or they feel too big well i mean uh, a lot of the maps remember were built for 4v4 right because that's what right. d2 launched with like mm-hmm. I've, i think a lot of people kind of forget that but like you, you have that. You had the stuff that was being taken out of the game. You had getting the Vault of Glass ready for prime time. And then I suspect that a lot of these people, got again, got moved to Vault or got moved to making sure crossplay worked. Mm-hmm. Like, because, God, if that doesn't work the day they launch it, you're never going to hear the end of it. And I feel like they internally had to make a decision. Okay, BVP is not, it's not in a great place, but it's still functional for the majority of our player base. Like, on console, it is not that bad. PC is where the cheating is rampant, and I get it. Hopefully, the anti-cheat is being deployed soon. Like, I know it's a meme. (laughs) I just... uh, I'm choosing to be hopeful here, and I don't really have a reason to be. Uh, Joe had one follow-up tweet, though, that kind of addressed Gambit. Uh, RE Gambit didn't want to derail my thread. Long-term, we want to get people working on new maps. So, basically, no imminent new maps... That means you better port those other two maps back into the fucking mode. Um, currently, we're playtesting all Gambit Foundation changes for se- Season 16, focusing on heavy ammo economy, the primeval fight, invasion cadence and power, and more. I suspect the future of Gambit is being talked about on the 24th as well, um, considering it did not get its own tweet thread here. Gambit has been in a really weird spot ever since they launched it, I feel. Really, ever since Gambit Prime was launched. That's the mm-hmm. last time we got a new map, which was over two years ago. And they've only taken maps away since. Gambit feels like a mode that if they got rid of it, I think it's a truly unique mode in terms of first-person shooters, but I don't think too many of us would lose sleep if they took it out of the game. Yeah, I played Gambit for the first time 
like after the, after we were done playing Halo with Colonel, I uh, jumped on Destiny with with our friend Mitch. Yeah. And uh, we did the the pinnacle for for Gambit, and I was like, I'm having a I'm having a good time with Gambit. It's just like mm-hmm. I like, but that was also the first time I played Gambit in like three or four months, right? And it's just like, oh, this is a cool change of pace, right? But like, it's not something I'm going to spend like hours doing every night. You know what I mean? Like, I. I I wish there was something that could change it up, right? I, I, I don't know. I, I like, like you said, I think it's a cool mode. I think it's, it's an interesting idea. It's unique, but like, I don't know, man. There's something's got to change, especially with like when the prime evils come, right? Like that prime evil section just takes way too long, especially yeah. when you get in a team. If you get a team that has no idea what they're doing and they're just shooting the boss, right, without, you know team shooting or taking out the the yellow the yellow bars or anything like you know what i mean like it's just i don't know man you're right though yeah i mean at the end of the day i just i really hope that they do this i i would like for them to be underselling it and come out pleasantly surprised but i've learned not to expect anything because that's when you get disappointed Mm -hmm. um but with that there is a lot more that we need to talk about. Yes. In the Schwab. Gosh, dude, um, I'm going to try to go through this as quickly as we can. There are a lot of changes. We're not going to touch on everything. Uh, it would simply take us too long. I encourage everybody to open up the Schwab, read it for yourself. Go down to the specific class that you like to play, the character you like to play, and see what changes are coming. But these are ability changes. This isn't even just a sandbox. This is the uh, this is abilities. Mm-hmm. Um. So Eric Smith is back to talk about it. He is the combat combat gameplay designer. The big one is right here at the top. Separate melee actions. Insanely happy about this. Insanely happy. Starting next season, you'll be able to bind your charged melee attack and your uncharged melee to separate inputs, giving you greater control of when you use your abilities. This is an opt-in feature, and these new actions will be unbound by default. When you go to customize your controls, you will see the following new entries in the action list. Auto melee is the new name for the melee action you're used to. Your melee is context-sensitive, and its behavior will change based on your equipped ability and proximity to enemies. Charged melee is a new action that will for your charged melee ability upon button press regardless of whether an enemy is in lunge range pressing that input when your melee ability is not fully charged will perform no action and cause the melee ability icon to flash red similar to how grenades work uncharged melee is a new action that will always activate your uncharged melee even when your charged is fully charged it's fairly straightforward but here's some things to note melee attacks trigger as soon as the button is pressed not when it's released melee attacks don't wait to see if you're still holding the button before starting it means you can't set any of the melee actions to a long press or double press input. Game controllers have a limited number of inputs, so you may need to get creative with how you map your controls. Personally, I like to put charged melee on RB, R2, and uncharged melee on right stick, click, slash, R3. This doubles up the finisher and uncharged melee actions on right stick, R3, which will prioritize finishing enemies over meleeing them if the enemy is in finishable state. I, I will probably set it up this way to where my melee my uncharged melee and my finisher are on the same button Mm -hmm. uh just realistically Mm -hmm. uh because i don't use my melee that often in pve activities right um i'm usually using my ranged charged melee i mean i'll use it occasionally but not a ton and you can always change this up it's worth noting you can always change 
I'm just like kind of secretly glad that it's going to be the same control scheme as Halo for me now, mm-hmm. like selfishly. Yeah. That um, I mean that just a side note. That was like the hardest thing for me to do was to get over the control scheme in Halo because of how used to Destiny it was, and I just didn't take the time to go in and change it. But uh, if I can get the if I can get these two games to be as close as possible for like, you know, uh, control scheme wise. Yeah, I I like it, but man, I don't know. I don't know. I'm curious to see. I may not even change my melee at all, honestly. Yeah. I may just leave it as is because I don't have a massive issue with it. Yeah. Um, but I smoke in particular is where I have the issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, throwing my smoke bombs. Long-term ability plans. Last season, we laid out our vision for how we see subclass abilities fitting in the sandbox moving forward. Our uh, philosophy is that abilities should complement the core combat of Destiny but not dominate it, should enhance the gunplay but not replace it. Totally agree. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to address in the coming seasons uh, adjusting how often abilities can be used in the Crucible specifically. Uh, for Season 15, we'd consider a slew of balance changes to raise underperforming subclasses and tone down overperforming. Mm-hmm. And here we go. So we're gonna we're oh, gonna talk boy. general ones. We're gonna talk general. We're gonna I'm gonna I want to read through what we're gonna do real fast. We're gonna talk general abilities, which is stasis, freeze, and slide. We're gonna talk Titan barricades. We're gonna talk a little bit, a little bit of. We're gonna touch a little bit on just about everything. I think of the major sections. Uh, we're gonna cry about how they still refuse to buff Blade Barrage in PVE. Mm-hmm. You um, are. And I, I'm not <laughs> in PVE. I'm absolutely gonna be. Oh, upset PVE. Okay. Have, okay. Yeah, I, we I have thought one you... viable subclass in PVE, and it's fucking annoying. Yeah. Well. <laughs> but there there's a, a lot especially for warlocks here there's just so much so without further ado let's jump in um i'm sorry i thought i thought you said pvp i'm, so, oh God, I'm no. sorry no i i think it's i don't think it's great in pvp but it, it is what it is it needs better hit detection is what it means um it is really really crappy hit detection i basically have to be right in front of you firing it um stasis freeze the goal was to make being frozen by stasis less frustrating. Previously, players who were frozen in the air had to wait till they hit the ground to start the breakout process, and we've shortened the window of vulnerability between breaking out of stasis and getting back to weapon ready so you can fight again. Frozen players can now initiate breakout while airborne, shorten breakout animation camera transition, uh, and then long freeze and short freeze visual treatment to make each status easier to identify. Great. Great QOL change right there. Great. I don't think anything else needs to be said. Less time frozen is a good thing. Slide. This is the one change I have seen the internet in an absolute uproar today. The goal of the slide change is to slightly reduce the effectiveness of sliding into engagements to gain the upper hand. Even after the shotgun changes we made last season, sliding into every engagement with a shotgun or any weapon is still incredibly effective, and run-and-gun playstyles were very low risk. This is a change that looks scarier on paper than it feels in practice, in our opinion, and we will monitor how it plays out. While sliding, you will now incur the following weapon penalties. Minus 20 stability plus 15 shotgun pellet spread, one and a half times flinch. I think that that is okay. The vast majority of people sliding and shooting are using shotguns. Gosh, dude, I see this. Every, it never every fails. Every It never match. fails, especially if you're, like, every Titan uses this, right? Like, yep. every Titan, because yep. they have they have the boots that increase, <laughs> increase the sliding and shotgun accuracy. <laughs> Yeah, it's it, it's absurd. It's and then, ridiculous. I mean, that's it's even stupid. Any mods 
even as a Titan main, I'm just like, this is this is stupid. Like, if somebody's sliding at me with a shotgun, I just know I'm dead. There's no point in even fighting it. I'm dead. Yeah. It's just like, oh my god. Um, changes to rally barricade. Rally barricade doesn't see much use, i.e., any. So we made changes to make it a more viable option. Standing behind the rally barricade now provides the following weapon buffs: plus thirty stability, plus ten range, minus fifty percent flinch, and all barricades. Players moving at high velocity now take more damage when moving through hostile Titan barricades. Barricades now slightly protrude into the ground to better protect the Titan's feet on uneven ground. This should reduce instances where explosions and projectiles are able to sneak through the bottom of the barricade and hit the Titan. All good changes. All great changes. I like it all. Yeah. That's great. Um, Behemoth changes. Um, It just feels like, it feels like, I always forget that that, and, and this is to this this point is like mm. I always forget that the bear like the short barricade is there. I I never yeah. use it. Like I never use it. The last, the last time I used time it, I think it was a viable strategy. Was when we were doing uh, Galran for the first time. That was the last season. Uh, Opulence was the last time it was worth anything. They nerfed it into the ground after that. Yeah, it's just like I I don't get it. I think I think it's because everybody was using it with a sweet business during Leviathan and like. Mm. A couple of the other like end game activities after that that it was just like well because you know they had that it it, it, it i don't know i just that was the last time i remember using it and now i just like oh yeah i, I forgot i'll stand behind it and pull out our snipers yeah when we're uh when we were at galran yeah yeah uh so you know you love it you love to see it uh in fact it wasn't even snipers it was uh spike grenade launchers yeah You'd fire it off and it'd uh, do the drum real fast. Yeah. Um, that's great. You know, good. I do expect to see that one a lot more in PvP now. Um, and I think there's there's going to be some interesting play styles. Uh, Behemoth has some more changes. Um, encourage you to guys to go read that. May, one of the main ones is Shiver Strike. Increased movement by 25%. Um, and then, let's see, Military Sunbreakers. You're throwing hammer. Time before hammer explodes after hitting the ground from six and a half seconds to ten seconds and increased damage versus powerful PvE combatants by 50%. The new charged melee allows you to throw your hammer point blank at an enemy, which is pretty badass. I will, in fact, be trying out Breaker because that just sounds awesome. I am looking very forward to my throwing knife doing the exact same thing. <laughs> very exciting. Uh, top and bottom tree striker, Fist of Havoc, slam detonation radius by 14%, reduce slam damage fall off, slam attack activation cost from 21% to 18%. There's a lot of numbers in here. Um, the bubble will take a lot more damage, which is uh, not great, um, but it is affected by your resilience status. Uh, there's a few, a few other small things for... Um, for Titans, they specifically say for military striker, um, change will be bounced out by something we haven't mentioned yet. We'll say more about this in a future TWAB. Uh, it re- refers to inertia override. Uh-huh. Um, hunters, specifically, the big thing that we're getting is in relation to the stasis subclass, the revenants. Uh-huh. Um, we feel withering hard hit slightly too la- too hard in last season stasis balancing. Uh, this will make it slightly easier to land while keeping the damage and slow duration at a reasonable spot. Cool. Uh, I, I like that because I do feel like it, I, I've been saying that I felt like it got hit a little bit too much. So projectile tracking feed 10% and then the super 
Uh, squall movement speed uh, will be increased by 20%, but the storm will not stop when it touches a boss. Thank God, because that thing would wander off bosses like crazy. This makes Revenant very, very, very viable for hunters in the endgame activities. You should be running this or Bottom Tree um, Gunslinger with Celestial Nighthawk at this point if you are a hunter and mm -hmm. you are going to go do a Grandmaster or a raid. These are the two things you should be running. Um, the Squall Storm is slow enough you can kind of ignore it or fight it so it gets close, then relocate. With the speed change, we want players to prioritize relocating when they see an approaching Squall. Additionally, it will not stop when it touches a boss. Um... There is a known issue where it will not start moving again if the boss moves or dies. We hope to further improve this behavior in a future release. Well, I'll take what I can get at this point. Yeah. I will gladly take what I can get. Uh, middle Tree Gunslinger, literally all we got was Knife Trick, which is really frustrating. Burning <laughs> duration from three seconds to four seconds. Whoopee. Ooh. It's the, that's the fan of knives. I that a lot because I like to run Blade Barrage a lot, but Jesus Christ, guys. Um, top tree gunslinger. They just start out by saying this super has been through a lot, and it really has. That's the six shooter golden gun. Um, there's a lot of arc arc strider changes. Some great changes here. Um, passive super duration from 16 seconds to 20 seconds for arc stab. Heavy slam detonation radius has been increased to six meters, and damage versus PVE combatants by 33%. It makes it viable in content again. That's the important thing here. Uh, top tree arc strider, uh, deadly reach, duration increased to 10 seconds. Like seeing that. Middle tree, which is what I usually run, lightning weave. Dealing damage with tempest strike now triggers lightning weave and can be extended by dealing damage with any weapon. Love to see it. And then they nerfed uh, spectral blades just a little bit, which is nice to see. Warlocks. Oh, God. Oh, man. Warlocks. Uh, specifically about Shadebinder. Winter's Wrath is one of the best dueling supers in the game, capable of quickly and easily dispatching other supers. We're okay with that being a strength in the PvP, but we felt melee supers needed more of a fighting chance against Shadebinder. Winter's Wrath, reduced Shatter Pulse damage versus close-range supers. Warlock now must freeze and shatter twice to defeat players in Burning Maul, Fists of Havoc, Sentinel Shield, Nova Warp, Arc Stride, or, uh, yeah, Arc or Spectral Blades. Glacial Quake still only requires one shatter to defeat. This makes Nova Warp usable again as well. I want to note that. Nova Warp is strategy in PvP again now. And we're going to get to that in just a minute. Top Tree Dawnblade. We all know Top Tree is straight up dominant in PvP. So we're making yeah. it less so. Having access to two back-to-back -back Icarus dashes gave this subclass too much positioning flexibility allowing for quick long-range distance and flanking and evasion. While playing against a top tree Dawnblade, it's hard to know if they have an Icarus dash ready to go, even if you just saw them use one. We're hoping this change makes playing against one more predictable. Oh, man. We want the identity to be focused on aerial combat, so we're doubling down on heat rises. We hope this change makes heat rises more accessible to players of all skill levels. Celestial Fire. Reduced tracking. Arming shape now shrinks over time. Reduced detonation size. Damage fall off increased at short distances. Icarus Dash now provides one air dodge every five seconds, or every four seconds, while the undereffective Heat Rises increases two dodges every five seconds. Heat Rises, increased duration to 15 seconds. Extension awarded for air kills while Heat Rises is active. The duration differs based on the type of enemy killed. Your location now appears on enemy radar when using this. All great changes. Hopefully I won't be terrorized from the skies too much now anymore. Um... Middle Tree Dawnblade, which is, uh, of course, Well of Radiance. 
Like Ward of Dawn, dropping a well on bosses is a no-brainer because it's so effective. Dole the Below changes to reduce the breadth of encounters solved by Well of Radiance and make Burly Wells a conscious choice by the Warlock. We like to make it effective in the Crucible as well. You'll have more survivability in the well and you won't be able to be frozen or slowed by stasis users, which is huge. That would have been massive yeah. before the stasis changes, I think. Yeah. I still think that that's good because I do expect to see more wells than things like Iron Banner now. But Well of Radiance increased damage taken from bosses from 0.25 to 1.5. Damage can scale down to 0.25 based on the owner's resilience stat. So you're going to have to uh, have pretty decent resilience be the one dropping a well i'll just say that increased damage resistance buff versus enemy players from 20 to 40 percent you are immune players inside well rings are immune to stasis freeze and slow the well sword however can be frozen and shattered by stasis that is a cool addition i think yeah uh and then there's some changes to guiding flame bottom tree dawn blade has some stuff as well um you guys can go read that i don't play a whole lot of uh Okay, but they do specifically say here Bottom Tree Dawn Blade will be uh, more effective with the Dawn Chorus Exotic Helmet. Mm -hmm. uh, Chaos Reach. Increased beam environment collision size to better match collision size with damage. Reduced beam damage radius and PvP by 20%. Beam endpoint sphere radius by 33%. Good. It was shooting around corners, man. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and then there's plenty of things for Bottom Tree Stormcaller as well. Um I'm just I'm kind of flying through all these and we can talk about them. Um, Middle Tree Voidwalker. This should be the final section right here. Uh, handful, handheld Supernova was doing a pitiful amount of damage, so we considerably increased its damage output considering the time and proximity cost you're paying to charge it up and get within range of an enemy. Um, Nova Warp increased damage versus PvE combatants by 73%. Uh, no longer slows movement speed while charging slash charge. Detonates on cast. Handheld Supernova increased damage versus by 100% against PvE combatants. Hold time increased to 3.2 seconds. <sighs> this is crazy. For the full list of ability changes, be sure to check out the patch notes when Season 15 launches. The season's changes are focused on balancing the power output of abilities. We're hard at work on system level changes that will enable us to create a healthier balance between abilities and gunplay. And we hope to share more in the future. I, I gotta take a drink after that. <laughs> <laughs> you're right there josh my mouth is so dry after that holy crap it's ginger ale i'm drinking people these on the surface i think are all very 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 good changes mm -hmm. the only one really getting nerfed if you think about it is top tree dawn blade yeah the slide change i'm personally a fan of it because i'm tired of sliding shotguns this will help reduce the frustration. If you manage to slide and hit me with a sniper, you deserve the kill at that point, I feel. <laughs> um, so those are some of the people I saw complaining. And it's like, eh, you're you're a two-time gilded unbroken. You're, you'll be okay. I promise you'll be okay. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. I think that this makes a lot more supers viable um, and abilities. I mean, I'm very excited to see some point-blank throwing hammers in the Crucible, even if I'm on the receiving end of them. <laughs> I'm excited for that. Uh, you just know point-blank throwing knives are about to be a thing now. Uh, but very excited about all of it. The, these are all, to me, fun changes. Um, and I think valid changes at that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I, and, I mean, I joked about it, but I am I am slightly upset that we don't changes to Blade Barrage coming for PvE content. 
just because like tether is basically useless now with divinity and because every single season there's a debuff mod it seems yeah. on the artifact so mm-hmm. our super is essentially useless you can't use our strider against any boss so we have to run stasis or bottom tree gunslinger and it's just, it's getting really old is all yeah uh especially when some of us have been using celestial nighthawk literally since day one of these <laughs> yeah like yeah before vault glass but i truly was upset that star eaters were brought into the game and immediately nerfed to the point where you can't even use them That's, immediately that seemed like mm, i don't like that you know i don't i don't like it, it really bothered me i understood doing it for the 24-hour completion i understood that for vault but we legitimately most people did not even get a chance to earn and use the exotic before it was destroyed right um and that's very frustrating compare that to how titans run around with falling now for a full season right and they're having a great wonderful time with it this is something that would have boosted every one of our supers and not only that, but it takes so long to charge it up that you're probably not going to stay alive, yeah. especially in a raid encounter and a raid boss. It's just it's very frustrating all around. And I I mean, I just have nothing more to say about it. Um, I hope that Bungie does another another pass at this when Witch Queen comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I truly hope that that's I mean, we've paid attention to literally every single subclass here. I'm not kidding. Every super got good stuff out of this, or every class tree got good stuff, except for Middle Slinger is literally the one thing they do not address here. And it's honestly, it's, it's, oh, excuse me, Bottom Tree Gunslinger is not talked about either because that doesn't need any fixing. But it's honestly insulting. So. Yeah, that really sucks. It really, I kind of, I, I kind of feel bad for, for hunters, you know, which is, I mean, it's to the point where LFGs are saying, uh, will not take hunter for end game activities. That's yeah. That's, I mean, they have to see that though. Right. Like I, I, so, but man, I don't know. We thought the same thing happened with uh, PVP and that look how long it took us to get some communication there. So I guess it's been underperforming for two years now. Maybe I'll get a response in six months. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe or maybe maybe they're just waiting until they change the other subclasses to the way that stasis is right now. Right. In terms of customizing them. Yeah, I'm hoping that that's a change that they roll out with Witch Queen. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, if they're going to do it, I'm sure we'll hear about it. Yeah. Um, but I think, I don't know. Because I, I think there's going to be a line drawn in the sand where, okay, you have to do all this stuff to get your abilities on stasis and make the optimum subclass. You're probably going to do it with whatever the next element is, too. Can we just get the other subclasses set up that way? Like, let us customize it the way we I would like to run Blade Barrage, but I'd like to throw the single knife. Or yeah. throw the exploding knife. I'd like to do that. Similarly, there are times when I run Gunslinger that I'd really like the fan of knives because it helps with ad control. Yeah. Um, especially if I can land three uh, headshots and you know kill three, like three thrall, then boom, I've got it back almost right away because I, kill, I got three crit shots right there. Right. Um those are changes I'd like to see personally, you know, put some different dodges on. I don't know. I, 
I have opinions, but yeah, I just I feel like some like when you're looking, we're due especially for an overhaul on the base classes. I feel yeah, even even like when I'm looking at some of the Titans sub the light subclasses, it's like well, mm-hmm. some of these abilities would fit better with this tree or you know what i mean and it's just like i can't change it because it's stuck in this tree you know and it's i don't know i i kind of miss the bubbles from destiny one almost to an extent like i i kind of do you know um so i mean i i i would hope if they did went back to something like that that it would be a little bit more simplified and well not simplified because that's kind of what they did here but like you know what i mean like more easier to read i guess easier to like kind of put things together you know because you were kind of stuck with with the columns and the rows and you kind of had to like pick and choose per column and per row or whatever but i don't exactly remember because it's been so long but you know what i mean like you had to certain things could could only be picked within the row or whatever and it's i kind of hope they they kind of just reevaluate it i guess right so <sighs> Cheer up, right. Josh. Man, I just—it's a—it's just a—that's a lot of changes. I know. Um, this twab is beefy. We have. <laughs> I one saw. More. I saw. Yeah. I saw. Uh, <laughs> on Monday or Tuesday, uh, I think Damage tweeted out Cosmo. That's quite a beefy twab, and I was like, "Wait, did the twab come out already?" And I went to look. I thought the it. same thing. Yeah. I was like, did the top come out already? I went to look and it wasn't there. And I was like, then I kind of forgot about it. But hey, man, he was not kidding. No, he was not. We still have at least one more section. We have one more section to get through here. Improving the stasis, powering up stasis experience. With Beyond Light, Guardians re- received their first taste of wielding the darkness, as well as a new way to power up subclasses with aspects and fragments. Blah, 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 blah. Guardians use Aspects and Fragments experience. The true power of Stasis, whereas those who may not have feel a bit cold towards it. Even worse, many Guardians may not even know of the extended power offered by Aspects and Fragments, and we want to improve that. Starting in Season 15, the Exo Stranger will now reveal more information about how to complete the tasks required for earning more Stasis power. Guardians who have finished the campaign and finished, visited the Stranger on Europa will see the entire path for unlocking Aspects and Fragments. Additionally, many of the pre-requirements for obtaining and completing the Born and Darkness quest chain will be reduced or removed. Thank God, because that was really aggravating. You had to get Salvation's Grip before doing that, mm-hmm. and that can just be very tedious to do all that. Like, it's not hard, it's just tedious. Yeah. Um, previously, Guardians needed to complete several quest chains and unlock Salvation's Grip before Stasis would grant them additional power. Guardians that complete the campaign will have immediate access to Born in Darkness quest chain from the Stranger and will reveal every unknown fragment regardless of progression through the quest line, giving a preview of the many powers to unlock. With these improvements, the messaging aimed at removing a lot of the mystery around powering up stasis. We're excited to see more unlock its chilling power. The only change I would make to this is, please, if I have already unlocked stasis on one character do not make me unlock it again on another character i know that's so please make this account based i keep want to go i i want to go play as my warlock but the the thing is is like i have to play through the campaign again just to unlock stasis i don't want to like the campaign was fun it was fine but like you know how it is in destiny where you're like oh man i gotta go do this again right we saw well, I mean, this-, this particular quest line also makes me not want to do it yeah and it's just like god i don't want to i don't want to do this bad. again it's pretty rough i'm really hoping that that changes but man you think you think they'll do some sort of like weird 
thing when Witch Queen comes out to where, hey, if you've unlocked stasis on one character, you get it across the board or whatever. You got to think they will, because if they haven't heard, that's been one of the number one complaints since Beyond Light. Mm-hmm. You got to think that they're doing that and that they're going to do all future subclasses are going to do that as well. Yeah. You're not forced to play the campaigns again. Right. Like that's that's like the one thing that's always annoyed me about Destiny is like I, I get it right to an extent, mm-hmm. but also like. I think the campaign completion should be account based and not character based. It's just like just, yeah. I, I beat the campaign. Just just jump me to the end of the campaign or whatever and let me start the end the end game stuff or the the after campaign stuff with additional characters. Like I don't care about the quest lines, right? Like the quests I that's fine. I can do that, but like the campaign dude, the campaign is just a slog sometimes. <laughs> Especially if you're on your second or third character, you're just like, oh my gosh, let's just get this over with. Hurry up. Absolutely. Um, we have just a couple notes here at the end of the job. Uh, claim your rewards. The following will reset and become unobtainable when redacted launches on the 24th. Season 14 Bungie rewards. Season 14 seasonal challenges. Vanguard tokens. They will be taken out of your inventory. Valor rewards. Infamy rewards. Servitor Ingrams. And season thirteen season pass items on our previous season webpage. Check every character. Some people may have to use the companion mobile app to claim these rewards. Uh, I claim everything that I possibly can for all classes in case I ever decide to play another character. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing wrong with if you got the level one hundred, go get all your ornaments for every character. I've got like eight full sets of armor for all my other classes. Yeah. Um, and then the last note at the very bottom, you almost miss it. There's lots of, that was a lot, right? We aren't done yet. We have more in store for you next week with armor and mods. Ooh. We're in the home stretch now. Big showcases this month, and we can't wait to show you what's coming next. That's exciting. Armor and mod. I mean, mods are something that needs to be addressed for a little bit. Armor, I mean, interested to see how armor is going to be handled because right now I have no reason to go get any new armor. Yeah. Uh, with nothing being sunset anymore. I have no need to grind out materials. Like, I'm letting golf balls get deleted at this point because I can only hold 10 and I don't need them. Yeah. Unless there's magically more exotics that I need to start upgrading, but I've done almost all those at this point, too, that I use. Yeah. I guess I'm going to need to start master working them on other characters. I mean, uh, I might have to start upgrading some warlock exotics just for the heck of it. <laughs> but uh, that is. That is it for the TWAB this week. It's huge. I encourage everyone to read it. There's a lot of numbers in there. Um, <laughs> we skipped over some of the Warlock stuff just because, like, I don't want to read everything that's, like, reduced by 0.5 or buffed by 0.5. Like, no, go just fucking play it for yourself. <laughs> play it, read it, whatever you want to do. I'm not going to sit here and read everything to you. <laughs> read what we thought were the biggest changes, the ones that I've seen people discussing, uh, and the ones that affect all of us, specifically in terms of stasis and slide. So... Corey, yes, Josh. Before we get out of here, what do you say that we go and we jump into a little bit of uh, not really lore, but a little story corner? Let's do a let's do a story corner. Side side tangent. Story corner. Yes. Uh, I do not believe we have done these. I want to be really clear. I don't remember if we've done these. It's been a long. It's been a very long season. It's been the entire summer since we started doing these. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. This first one is the uh, it's the exotic shell from uh, Solstice of Heroes, the filigree of light. Light is both delicate and unbreakable. I core ray. Crow sat high on the walls, looking past the future war cult sentinels to focus instead of on the crowd of Elixney below. He wished he could be on the ground, helping them acclimate. 
Though his stay with the Spider had been traumatic, he had fond memories of the Elixni who helped him adjust to life on the shore. He longed to return to Goodwill, but Salval had given him strict orders to stay out of sight. It was a directive he had nearly contradicted in breaking up the previous week's sabotage. He was reluctant to put himself in hotter water for the sake of sentimentality. At least Glint can still have fun, he thought. Three stories below, a gaggle of the Lixney hatchlings chased Glint through the ruins. Crow had dispatched the ghost to do some reconnaissance in case of another violent confrontation. But the instant attention of the hatchlings blew Glint's cover, and he seemed delighted in his demotion from spy to playmate. The ghost chirped in glee as the hatchlings scrambled around on all six as trying to catch him. He stayed just beyond reach, twisting and turning through the rubble, doubling back so the smaller ones at the back of the pack could have a go. Letting them enjoy themselves, Crow thought. Things will get worse before they get better. They deserve every scrap of joy they can find. I do think after reading this that we did this before. Mm-hmm. It feels very familiar. I think we actually may have done it like at the beginning of Solstice, but like we said, it's been a very long season. Um I think this is a nice it's a nice little tale. I mean, we we've said time and time before how not everything needs to be this universe altering lore. Sometimes yeah. getting these quiet stories, like uh, my fa- one of my favorites that we've read on the show is uh, the bookie from Guardian Games. Yeah, dude, that's so funny. It's fantastic. It's absolutely it so good. And we had some really heartfelt ones uh, earlier this season with you know Shacks or uh, Saladin and uh, Faux Cyrus. Yeah. With uh, I mean, even Shax last week, even and, last uh, week with Ada and 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 Hawthorne, right? Like, I yeah. Mean, just yeah. like little. Bits and pieces I mean, of Jackson like Jackson Mithrax talking about the the battle of uh, Twilight Gap and how they were both there, mm-hmm. how they slaughtered each other's comrades. Yeah, you know, and even um, you know Saint's legend amongst the Elixni, how he's viewed as uh, he's viewed as a literal demon by them, and how much that you know goes on to profoundly affect him. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just so many, and this uh, this next one, I, I get a feeling that we've done this one too, but we're gonna do it again anyways. It's for Reese Racer. It's the uh, exotic sparrow out of the season pass. Amanda Holiday sat cross-legged on the floor of the hangar, hands propped on her knees and elbows bent as she leaned forward. Showering sparks rained down on her clothes and bare arms, mutely reflected in her welding goggles. The prickling sensation of the sparks on her skin was comforting and familiar. So too was the half-finished sparrow refit her new assistant was working on. But the assistant, that was taking some getting used to. I don't know why this is so surprising. Amanda said as she looked over the Elixney Vandal working on a pair of arc welders held in four hands. She laughed to herself, rubbing her cheek as a spark bounced off of it. Always wondered how y'all built stuff so fast. The Elixney engineer, Neek, winked three eyes in Amanda's direction before returning her attention to the welding work. Easier to see, too. No ice shields, Neek explained with a smile. Elixney eyes, quick, better than human, then quieter. Not as much as before home, but... What do you mean? Amanda wondered. Neek stopped welding, set her tools down and reclined back with two hands on the concrete floor and two folded in her lap. She looked up at the ceiling inside a faint ether mist. Story lives greater now, story lives greater now than true selves, Neek explained. Then looked sidelong at Amanda. We all lost purpose after. Neek carefully considered the proper human words. Our golden age. It was Amanda's turn to sigh, more so in regret than Neek's sigh of patience. You ever ridden a sparrow before? She asked in an attempt to change the tone of the conversation. She hadn't considered the question before asking it. Neek shook her head and focused the attention on the half-finished machine in front of her. Too small, she said, with a shrug of her upper shoulders. Pike stronger, but quick run. Amanda couldn't help but laugh at that. 
darling, she said through the laughter, ain't no pike faster than my sparrow. Neek's eyes lit up and she sat forward at the perceived challenge. Amanda remembered the last radio conversation she had with Crow, an elixir phrase he used, a friendly challenge. Her pronunciation was not quite right, but the intention was. Neek delighted at the interaction. Your boasts are hollow hole, Neek said with a growl of laughter and clambered up on one knee. Amanda's eyes widened for just a moment when it looked like Neek was going to pounce on her, as if she had somehow said the wrong phrase or challenged the vandal to a duel. No weapons were drawn, however. Instead, Neek offered two hands to help Amanda up from the floor. She pulled her up with ease. Are we gonna race? She asked with a nervous flutter and a crooked smile. Neek nodded enthusiastically. Yes, race. Ooh. I love it. I love this so much. This is, To me, this is the latest in a long-running wink-wink joke that they know that we want Sparrow Racing League and they just aren't bringing it back. Yeah. For whatever reason. We've had Marcus Wren show up in the, in you don't, the war. You don't think it'll year. come back this season because of the long season? Like, that seems like something that If you that were ever going to do it, this is the time, I feel. Yeah. Um, but we also said that last year. Yeah, but like we didn't have a six-month season last year. You, you did. Arrivals, arrivals to uh, Beyond Light was five months. Was it really? June, God. July, August, September, October, November. God, I guess it was. Jesus. Okay. It was. Cause it felt less long, I think, because we had moments of triumph in there to distract us like a month in. Yeah. And they just left it up for the whole season. So all anybody was wanting to do was raid. Right. And do dungeons. We had prophecy to help distract us. We had the awesome storyline with Nakris. Yeah, that's true. Um, the, and I'm, I'm very curious to see how they handle this fall because you'll have Festival of the Lost. You'll have the Dawning. Yay. I think SRL should be slid in there somewhere, but I just don't know where you put it. It depends on how long the delay into 2022 is, right? Yeah. If it's going to be any farther than like the second week of February, then yeah, maybe you bring SRL in halfway through January. Right, and run it through as like, like an Val- end of season treat, or like run it through like Valentine's Day or something, right? Like, I personally think that they should use this and replace Guardian Games with Sparrow Racing League. Yeah. Or at least make that part of Guardian Games. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I, I think that this is really cool, and I think this sets a precedent for things we could see in the future. You know. Elixney joining us in combat, them drive or us driving an Elixney pike around that has the speed of a sparrow. Oh god. Or something like that. Um like that they Amanda's retrofitted one for us, or like we're in a tank and like they're escorting us or something like that. I think there's so many cool things you could do here, but also I really just want to see Marcus Wren show up for the first time in canon. Like not in the lore, but show up as an actual NPC riding a pike, like a turbo bursted pike. Yeah. Into SRL, since he's the he's you know the reigning champion and all that. Uh, I'd love to see that. You know, his name's been kicked around as a hunter <coughs> or um, which at this point feels like it's crow more than ever. Um, I would love to see some of these fabled characters. I I want Neek. I want to say I don't know if it's spelled uh, it's N I I K. I don't know if it's pronounced Neek or Nick. Uh, I'm saying Neek, uh, because of the two eyes. I would like to see this Elixney as Amanda's vendor, since she doesn't sell us anything anyways. Have Neek be... Um, excuse Prime me, she's vendor. the Twitch Prime vendor. Thank you. Uh, that's what I just said. <laughs> Have Neek do it. I, I'll get better stuff, I promise you. <laughs> oh, man, that's that's cool. I hope that I hope we get a Sparrow that's designed like a pike. Like, even if we don't, you know what I mean? Like, I, I know you kind of just said that, but I think that would be really cool. Like, as a, I don't know, like a 
unlockable or season pass thing or something you could buy from the store. I don't know. I think that's cool. Right. So that was a good story corner, Josh. Very good story corner. Not really much lore. Um, Corey and I were talking about before the show if we were even going to do it since we had the long uh, Twitter thread from Joe Black to get through, but found these two. Figured I'd probably done at least one of them, but at the very least, it was uh, some calming stuff. Next week when we come back, of course, we have the epilogue to talk about. It goes live at Reset on Tuesday. There will be some exotic items that we have not gotten yet. Uh, a mm-hmm. ship and a ghost, I believe, will become available for the first time, yeah. which uh, have some lore attached to them. So we'll have our lore corners for the last couple of weeks. And man, we only have two more regular episodes after this one to get through before uh, we see the future. It's awesome. I can't wait, dude. It's, it's exciting. It's 24th gonna, can't come fast enough. The 24th cannot come fast enough. That is going to be a busy week, though. So we'll have the show on Thursday. We'll have the recap, and then we'll do another show for the beginning of the season, obviously, on the 26th. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, Josh, what do you say we... Uh, get on out of here let's get on out of here man i appreciate your time josh as always as always uh tower casuals is kind of the beginning of our weekend so just kind of it really is so uh and i want to thank all of you out there who listen to tower casuals remember if you listen on apple Podcasts, leave us a five star rating and a nice review it really helps us out uh you can follow us on twitter at tower casuals you can email the show your questions at towercasuals at gmail.com. Josh, where can we find you? Uh, Twitter, at Josh underscore Finn, two ends. Come hear me talk about the latest anime that I got hooked on over oh, the weekend, oh Tokyo boy. Revengers. Oh, boy. My thoughts on Pillars of Eternity and uh, mourning that there is no more open Halo flight. <laughs> every time I, every time uh, Colonel Panic tweets something out, I just think of the, uh, the Narcos meme <laughs> where he's, like, standing in the pool, like, real sad. <laughs> Waiting for Halo to come back. I get very yep. That's that's how I feel. Just like, <laughs> is it time yet? It's like I'm know. sitting. I'm the I'm the meme of the guy sitting on the swing, just like with his head cocked sideways, going, hmm. <laughs> "Is it time yet?" And it's like the the hype around. I know it's the Destiny show, but the hype around Halo feels like something that four and five did not get. Yeah. It feels like we still have a little ways to go before it reaches like halo three levels yeah because halo three i mean we had promoted for a while we we had the lead off from two and we were all like oh my god we have to know what happens so for three years we obsessed over it we got a comic in between an uprising god dude the the i remember the midnight launch for halo three and i i got the yeah. leg, i got the legendary edition with the big helmet and everything and it's just like that was like that was the most excited i think i was for a game at launch probably ever really right the only i will say the only midnight launch that i've ever had as much excitement as i did for halo 3 because i remember halo 3 convincing my parents to let me stay home from school that day they made me go to school long enough to be counted present for the day so i had to go i had to go until 10 15 so i had been up all night playing with my friends they made me get dressed for school we had we had uniforms my school so i'd throw my polo and my khakis real fast went to school, sat through first period and most of second period. And think second period was my uh, my best friend's mom was our band teacher. And she had given him permission to leave at 10.15. She was signing him out, and my mom, my grandma came to sign me out. 
picked us up. We stopped at Walmart on the way home, bought a case of Mountain Dew game fuel. Of course. Went and got the the nasty meal from Burger King for lunch. Oh, God. And then we went home and did nothing but play Halo did, the rest of the day. Did On they legendary beat the campaign? Did Burger King rename the the rodeo burger the Halo Burger when you get when you at that point? Oh, God, I want to say yes. All I remember is my fries came in a themed holder, right? In, in a theme thing, and my cup, my soda had Master Chief on the side of it. Clearly, right. I, I just um, remember and that is the first game fuel is still and forever will be the definitive game fuel. Yeah, dude. Not, like not whatever citrus that they made. Whatever is out now is not game fuel, right? Like, no, it's not. So mm. we, we had they that was the classic game fuel. Then they did two kinds of it for World of Warcraft like a year or two later. Yeah, it was not nearly as good. Mm-mm. They brought the classic game fuel back for Call of Duty. And I remember when they did that because I bought, I kid you not, I bought about six packs of it and stored it mm-hmm. and drank it over the next year. Yeah. And I have never, I've never again seen real, I think I've seen right, real game fuel maybe once or twice at a gas station. I since. hope that they bring back real game fuel for I Infinite need launch. real game fuel for Halo Infinite. Ugh, man. Like, God, dude, it's the only thing I think that matched it for me was it's funny because uh we were talking about the uh, nerd generalist colonel panic and i were all talking about this the other day how they went to the launch together and how uh nerd and i both regretted not getting the legendary editions and he's like well you know that you you know that colonel panic got it Mm -hmm. and i was like was he like a was he like a fat kid on christmas and he's like oh yeah Oh, yeah, he was very excited to get that. I was like, you know, I think the only other time I was that excited to get a game was when Destiny came out. We had no idea how bare bones D1 was going to be, but I had the Ghost Edition pre-ordered. Mm-hmm. I was barely walking. I couldn't walk on my leg at the time. I had had surgery. I was still a couple days off from getting I had just gotten the cast off. So I was like still in a wheelchair because I couldn't put pressure on the leg just yet. And my buddy had to drive me there to get it. He had gotten the Ghost Edition, too. We had the only two at our store. And so he's wheeling me out in the wheelchair, and I'm just, I'm clutching both of them. (laughs) Because I was like, I'm not getting mugged at this store for my Ghost Edition. (laughs) And, like, I had had won one of those, like, one of the metal signs they had up in the window. Right. I think I still have it in storage somewhere. I hope I do at least. And one of the promo posters where it was just the Traveler and Destiny on it. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Midnight launches, man. Remember when those were a thing? God. Now it's like, oh, preload the game and let it download while you sleep and then play it the next morning. The last thing that I went to, I think, at midnight to go get was my Switch. I didn't, I, got even, my Switch, I didn't even do but that. Even that, I got it. To, even that, they gave it to me at uh, like 10 p.m. I think. Yeah, our my GameStop does their midnight releases at nine <laughs> at nine p.m. That that's so that's when I got mine because I remember I worked. I was living on the other side of town, so I stayed by my work because that's the one I did the pre-order at. Since I mm-hmm. knew they would have more pre-orders, mm-hmm. I got mine there, and then I got it at Best Buy. And then I had to get in the car and I had to zip over to GameStop real fast to go get my master edition of Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. I had to do them through different stores. And so here I am, you know, like walking up the stairs to my apartment, 
holding my Switch in one hand and clutching my Master Edition in the other. I look like I just robbed a place because I'm like huddle, hustling down the hallway <laughs> in the rain trying to get to my apartment. It was fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. But I don't do midnight launches anymore. I would make an exception if they did one for Halo Infinite and COVID was not still a thing. I would have absolutely gone to a midnight launch for this and for Series X. Yeah. But... Alas, I will be pre-installing five days ahead of time and wait for my collector's edition, if they ever announce one, to arrive in the mail. They have to do that, right? They have to have a Halo I mean, collector's I'm, edition. I, they right? got to do that. They got to do some controllers. You don't think that I, I you saw, don't think that those statues that Best Buy is doing? Well, I guess. I mean, I think that they're good quality, but I mean, I'm going to need the official three four three collector's edition. Yeah. But I, I, all I'm saying is, did you see the Needler custom controller on Twitter? I did, today? from Popart, yeah. From Popart that is being sold, they, you can buy one. Yeah, that's awesome. 140 bucks. It's not terrible for a custom controller like that. For a custom controller that's not a uh, elite, I I, bro- I may have broached a topic with Chelsea this afternoon. <laughs> and she basically looked at me and said something to the effect of, if you're spending that much and it's not, it doesn't have like paddles on the back, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> And also, you can get it, and I was very excited. But you have to choose between that or building a lightsaber at Disney. And let me tell you something: I've wow. never built a lightsaber faster in my life. <laughs> I said I'm going to live vicariously. Colonel Panic, of course, ordered one. I'm going to live vicariously through him. Of course, he I'm going to I'm going to live, and I'm going to I'm going to buy the official Xbox ones when they come out for half the price. Yeah, of course, they he won't bought be one. As cool, but. You know, dude, anything that like even utters the word Halo, he's buying. Uh, right. Well, I mean, I'm just as bad as Destiny. So. Yeah, but it's. Corey, wrap us up. Get us out of here. Uh, all right. You can find I me at I am. <laughs> you can find me at I am Corey HD on Twitter. Uh, you can find Tower Casuals every Friday on your podcast service. Please like, subscribe, share, rate, and review wherever you consume the show. Thank you so much for watching. And until next time, we love you. Goodbye. Bye-bye now.